ready? Yes. Okay, well, in front over there. Yeah, left side. All right, so many people always, you know, ask me like, God, you know, Pastor Sarah, what is God's will for my life? What should I do with my life? You know, and when they refer to the will of God, they're always referring to a position or a thing to do or a thing to be. Should I be a teacher? Should I be a, you know, a principal? What, whatever it is. But there's one thing that I know that we're all supposed to do, the absolute will of God. So if you're confused about what the will of God is for your life based on your assignment, I'm going to tell you one thing that you actually can do and know you're always in the will of God. Say always. Always in the will of God. So say, what's that one thing? You see, I like that you're communicating this morning. Okay, the one thing is 1 Thessalonians 5.18. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. You're taking notes today? Because I feel like Pastor Evan, I got lots of scriptures today. I'm saying he wasn't feeling too well, but he made his way. Made his way to the first service. Give the man of God a round of applause. Yeah. All right, so are you there? 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Live in Bible. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you if you are in Christ Jesus to give thanks in all circumstances. No, I didn't say give thanks for all circumstances. Because I am not going to give you thanks, Lord Jesus, if the car hit me. But I can't give you thanks in the situation. But I'm not thanking the Lord for something the devil may have done or something that I may have done. Okay, so when people, well, I just want to thank the Lord for this sickness. Ah, Wrong. He doesn't bring sickness and disease to you. That is not part of his covenant with you. So don't thank him for the situation. You thank him in the situation and through the situation, right? So being thankful. So today we're talking about thanks living. Thanks living. Because many of you already are preparing for thanksgiving. And you and I take this Thanksgiving season and we go and get the turkey and all this kind of stuff and season it 10 days in advance and all of that because on Thanksgiving Day, we're going to give thanks. But supposing we're supposed to be having a thanks living life instead of just Thanksgiving. What happens when thankfulness goes up to God? What does that look like? Because you know what? We're so adept and experts at complaining And finding what's not there and what's wrong and where we should be and where we shouldn't be. And we are so great at finding the negative that we don't often match it with the positive. And it says that for every negative you need seven. So every time you complain, you're supposed to like multiply that and give seven times more thanks. Just imagine what your vocabulary would be like. If you were to say, God, thank you, instead of, man, God, again, God, here I am, God. So here's the thing. It's not happy people who are thankful. It is thankful people who are happy. It is thankful people who become happy. And you're like, I'm just not happy. Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you how to do it today. Because some of you are moping around and going around as if God is not God. As if you don't belong to somebody. But I'm here to declare... That, you know, what you appreciate, appreciates. Whatever you appreciate, appreciates in your life. It multiplies. It grows deeper. And you've heard it said that people say the, um, the glass is not, what, half empty, but it's half full. And they say that's an optimistic person. Well, a thankful person just says, I'm just glad I have a glass. Thank you, Lord, that there's a glass. For it to be half empty or half full, I have a glass. Right? So when it comes to the heart, we're in the heart series. 
Thankfulness is very, very important. This is going to fall off right here. But okay. All right. So keeping with the heart uh, theme, will you turn to Luke 17? Go to Luke 17 for me. Luke 17. Because you and I have to keep our heart free from anything that is going to interrupt the operation of faith. Okay? Because we just have to live by faith. We have to live by faith. And so thankfulness actually is an act of faith. And so it's easy to see where we're not. But here we are, Luke 17. Are you in Luke 17? Yes? No? Maybe so? Or you're on the screen? Is that what it is? Can I just educate you a second? Okay, here's a real Bible. I want to introduce it to you. This is not an artifact. It's not supposed to just be in the Smithsonian. All right? This is a real Bible. I know you all have your phones, okay? But when those tweets and texts and everything come on your phone, you're not in the scripture. Okay? This is what it sounds like. Listen. I know you've never heard that before, but I want you to try it. Just try it every now and then. Because you're like, okay, I'm there. I'm thinking I didn't hear nothing turning. Okay. Different church. Different church. All right. Here we go. And it came to pass... As Jesus, he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, they met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. So understanding they're lepers, they're not able to come into the community because as lepers they used to have, they had their own leper colonies, right? So they're not invited into the general population. You understand that, right? Okay, so they entered a village, they were lepers, and they stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass that when they went, they were clean. And one of them, when he saw that he was clean or healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Funny. Ten of you and the person that comes back is a Samaritan. That doesn't have anything to do with Jews. That has nothing to do with the whole Israelite thing. They are the Samaritans. They don't talk. But why would God just make us mention of this? Because it then makes us therefore assume that the others were not Samaritans. And sometimes God does things for us and we feel entitled to it. We feel, oh God, you bless us, you ought to bless us. There's a difference between confidence and arrogance. And when you and I go to God and we're asking him to do something and he actually comes through for us and we're like, well, shoot, you ought to have done that for me. No, I thank you that you did that for me. I appreciate that you did that for me. And Jesus answered. Now check this out because thankfulness, thankfulness is going to change situations. And Jesus said, were there not 10 of you clean? Where are the other nine? So if you want to know what ticks Jesus off is ingratitude. God cannot stand ingratitude. You see it over in Exodus. When the little Israelites were moving and he took them through the Red Sea and he took them through the, the desert and he gave them manna in the day and fire by night and the cloud. And, and they were still ungrateful. And God was like, these people, they're going to stay in this, this desert for 40 years ingratitude being unthankful will keep you stuck in a place that you're always wanting to leave if you cannot find and praise the progress and thank god for the small thing i went into best buy yesterday and um distracted and so i went in there and uh met one of the uh two of the workers and started talking to them and this one guy could just tell that depression was on him 
And I said, you know what? I said, you want to be at $20 an hour. And you may be at 15 right now. And they gave you 15.25. But because you're still $4.75 away, you're complaining and you're unthankful and you're ungrateful versus going, God, thank you for the 25 cents extra. That means I'm 25 cents closer to where I'm going. And therefore, you will always be stuck to $15. You'll never make it to 16 because you cannot give thanks. And whatever you don't thank God for will never increase in your life. I'm telling you what I know. So he says, where are there not ten cleaned? But where are the nine? They're not found that should return. They didn't come back and thank God for the healing. Except this stranger. And he said unto him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Hold up. Weren't you whole when you got healed? Oh, that's so cool. He got clean. That means he got a physical healing. But he was not whole. And the word whole is from the Greek word sozo. This Greek word sozo means salvation. The word sozo salvation means having been saved, being saved and will be saved. That means that he got a complete healing. That means not just his body, but every rejection, every depression, everything that came to him because he was a leper, because he was rejected, because he was cast out. His whole emotion, body, soul, he got saved. That was different because he came back and said thank you. God says in Psalm 100 and verse 4, Enter his gates with? And into his courts with? Praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his holy name. When we come into his gates, he wants us to start with thanks. Start with thanking him. And I wanted to give you a biblical foundation of the importance of thanksgiving. Because if we don't do that, we won't recognize what God is going to try and do in our life. Okay, three things that giving thanks does. Three things. You ready? Thankfulness changes the outcome. Say thankfulness changes the outcome. Okay, Second Chronicles 20. We know about this. All these people were trying to fight Jehoshaphat, right? Israelites were under siege. And Jehoshaphat goes and says, God, you're not going to show up. You're not going to show up. Then God, you know, sends a prophet and the prophet says, hey, you're going to win. And then Jehoshaphat decides to give God thanks. And when he give God thanks, it says in spite of the situation, then God set an ambush. Some of you have people that are just ambushing you on your job. You know, they're just coming at you. You need to give God thanks in the middle of there. You know, sometimes you need to give like one of those. You ever just go into the, no, you probably don't. I do. But you ever just go in there and shout like, just shout out loud like, thank you, Lord, like in the middle of Walmart. No? Wow. All right. So I'm going to tell you. (laughs) I do it in the airport. There are people that travel with me sometimes. And they can witness to this and something good will happen to me. And I will just shout and go, God has leaned in my direction. And then the people look and I say, thank you, Jesus. And they think I'm crazy, but I know thankfulness, thankfulness. It just, sometimes you just got to embarrass yourself for the Lord and just say, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, Matthew 15, 27. This is a really cool story. Let's turn there. Matthew 15. I'm going to actually turn there. All right. <laughs> Matthew 15, 27. All right, 21, 21, 21. You ready? Canaanite woman. Then Jesus went thence, thence. Then Jesus went thence and departed, King James, and departed into the coast of Tara and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him saying, have mercy on me. O Lord, you son of David, my daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. You know, you always go for your kids, right? You will cry to Jesus for your kids. 
And then uh, Jesus answered, not a word. What? Like, why? And his disciples came and said to him, send her away, for she cries after her. She's a bother. She's an annoyance. You know, she wants all of this. Leave her alone. And so Jesus said, I'm not sent, but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and worshipped him, giving thanks, and said, Lord, help me. And he said to her, it is not right for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. And she said, you're right, Lord. Yet I'm still thankful for the crumbs that the dogs get. Even though I'm a dog, even though I can't get the whole loaf, I just get the crumbs, the leftovers. I am thankful for that. I'm worshiping you with just that. Can you help me? And Jesus says, Oh woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you want. And her daughter was made whole even in that very hour. You see, most of us would have said, Oh, you treat me funny, Jesus. You're not even talking to me, Jesus. You know, no, I'm not the Canaan. I'm not the Israelites. I'm, you know, I'm from Sidon. You know, I don't have the same rights. He don't fuss and complain. But she said, no, 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 no. Even what I have, I'm thankful for. Can you use what I'm thankful for? And he said, I've not seen such great faith. Because even with small things, I can thank you in the small things. And God considers it great. What is it that's small in your life that you despise? That it's not enough for you. But because it's not enough for you, you think it's not enough for God to do something with. Huh. Woo. Thankfulness, it changes your outcome. It changes your outcome. You're married. You, everybody wants to change everybody in marriage. I don't know what that mysterious demon is. But you need to cast it out. It don't work. It does not work. Whatever you see now just multiplies. So if you need some change in your marriage, how about thanking your spouse? Finding what's good. Finding what's right. Finding where there's virtue. Think on those things. People respond to thankfulness. You know, when Pastor Evans was trying to get upset, I said, thank you, Lord, for him. (laughs) Oh, babe, I just want to thank you. Your sweet children. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> then he'd just be like, whatever, just, just move on. All right, thankfulness. Mark, Mark, Mark 6, Mark 6, 41 to 44. You all know this story very, very well. So this is when Jesus was out in the wilderness and he had to feed the people. Because my next thing is that thankfulness creates the overflow. Thankfulness creates the overflow. All right, so here's what it says. And it says, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces of bread or fish. The number of the men who had eaten was 5,000. Thankfulness creates the overflow. When Jesus broke what he had, What he was given and gave thanks. God multiplied it. I am saying, thank God for what you have. Thank God that you have a bank account. 
Thank God that you got to gas to work, get here today. Thank God that you have your bones working. Thank God that you have your eyes working. Thank God that you have breath this morning. Find things to thank God for. Thank you, Lord, that I'm not homeless. Thank you, Lord, that, you know, I am able. Thank you, Lord, I have a mind to think. Thank you, Lord, that I have children. Thank you that they're healthy. Thank you that even though, you know, they're struggling in one thing, they're blessed in another thing. Thank you, Lord. But what we want to do is they are struggling in this. So that's who they are. They're struggling in that. So this is a problem. But Lord, thank you that they're here. They're alive. They're well. They're kicking. Thank you. Just thank you. We used to sing that song. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you. You've been so good. You've been so good. You've been so good. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you, Lord. I want you to shift your conversation this morning because as we're talking about the heart, thankfulness directly impacts your heart, not your spiritual heart, your physical heart. Your actual natural physical being is impacted by thankfulness or it is uh, diseased by ingratitude. This ease is what this ease is. I am disconnected from ease. That's what disease is. You're not at peace. You're not whole. And so there was this professor um, named Paul Mills. And he was at the University of California in San Diego. And he did a study on the heart. And when he did this study on the heart, he took some people. Their average age at the time was in their 60s. And they had prolonged heart disease. Prolonged heart disease. Clogged arteries. You know, all those kind of things. And so he did this study on them and made them do a thankfulness exercise. And he looked at their results and pulled their blood right before it. And over a period of time, made them start focusing on what was good in their life. And when he got the results back several months later, it showed that they had lower plaque in their arteries, less inflammation, and many of you, you know, the Bible, you know, you go to the doctors and say you have inflammation in your body, right? Well, inflammation is just the body's response to injury. So when you are thankful, it decreases the response to injury that's in your life. Less depression, better sleep, higher energy in these people who had prolonged heart disease. So then he went and did a second study in patients that were predisposed to heart disease and for two months made them find things to be thankful for. And as a result, it dropped their heart disease pro whatever by 23%. Just in two months. Just in two months, they dropped their predisposition by 23%. Because he began to notice thankfulness changes the molecular structure of gray matter in your brain. Oh my God. So if you and I can understand that it physically impacts you. No, he says, it turned out the more grateful people were, the healthier they were. They had less depressed moods, slept better, and had more energy, that Professor Paul Mills had said. Then they did another study at the UCLA and showed that gratitude and a practice of thankfulness lit up the brain. It lit up pathways in the brain just like Prozac does. So what Prozac does to 
charge the brain and create lighted lit pathways in the brain, this same exercise of thankfulness had the same results. It boosts serotonin and activates the brainstem to produce dopamine. Now, serotonin and dopamine are like your happy hormones, right? This is just in basic terms, your little happy hormones, and this is what evens you out. And so I have my little brain up. They're going to show me my little brain. I'll show you this little brain. Okay, so this is from a class I did, so just ignore all that. But the brain stem down there at number 18 and the hypothalamus at number 12. You see that little hypothalamus over here? This is a, that little... <laughs> that little baby one. Okay, that's like super important. Why? Look how much stuff it touches. It touches 15, 13, 16. It touches uh, 17 going around there. It touches 8. It touches the big uh, frontal cortex, number 4. The hypothalamus is highly, highly important because it touches a majority of your brain. And that is where dopamine is produced. That's one of the places that's it produced. Well, when that is done right, uh, Siri, Siri, Siri. Yeah. So when you have serotonin and dopamine working together, then you get these feelings of ah, happy, amazing, great. It impacts your sleep. It impacts how you eat. It impacts your metabolic rate. Some of you have been wondering why you're not losing weight. Your dopamine not in check. You know why? Because you're worried and you're anxious and you're stressed. And you, you're going against what you need to do. So you can do what you want to do. You can starve till kingdom come. Your body is going to keep holding it because you're not happy. Okay. Well, let's just keep going. Um, oh, it impacts your appetite. It impacts your hormonal activity. It impacts your body temperature. All these hot flashes we be getting. Yeah. Sleep, weight, moodiness. No, I'm telling you. Dopamine, serotonin. Look at what Acts 26 verse 2 says. Acts 26 verse 2. This is Paul when he was in bonds. And he went in front of King Agrippa. And he said, King, in verse, uh, this is King James. It says, I think myself happy I think myself happy King Agrippa because I shall answer for myself this day before you touching all the things where I'm accused of the Jews he was in bonds he was imprisoned and he said to him I think myself happy your brain and your heart are connected and how you and I respond to our situation, if we can respond with thankfulness, it impacts our brain, it impacts our heart. We physically do better when we are thankful, not when we're complaining. So thankfulness creates an override. It creates an override in your life. That feeling of depression, that feeling of moodiness, that feeling of want to check out, that feeling of I'm up and I'm down, that will change when you and I activate thankfulness in our life. So when you're thankful instead of spiteful, you know what thankfulness instead of spitefulness? He did that, so I'm going to do it back. Press down, shaking together and running over. (laughs) I'm going to multiply back to you what you did to me. When When you're thankful instead of spiteful, when you look for what's right instead of what's wrong, what's right about your situation versus what's missing? You're doing the will of God, right? 
For the will of God. Philippians 4 says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. In everything. With thanksgiving. Let your requests made known to God. And the peace of God. Which surpasses all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your minds. Through Christ Jesus. Thanks. Thanks. I want you to imagine that every time you and I choose to be ungrateful, because it's just not enough in our eyes. They are not enough. We are not enough. You are causing a negative reaction, not just in the spirit world, because you're not creating any faith action for God to work on. Thankfulness is an act of faith. Lord, I appreciate you. Lord, I thank you. You know, the Bible talks about thankfulness and praise God so much more. It's actually commanded more than anything else. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, for he is good. Let the people praise you, O Lord. So I want you to, to, how are you going to do this in your everyday life? One, you can keep a gratitude journal. Find something every day to be thankful for. Spend some kind of time, if it's a minute, if it's three minutes. Lord, I'm just going to sit down and find what's right in my life. Because do you know the act of finding what's good in your life is just as important as actually finding it? It actually turns the brain on when you start looking for the right things in your life instead of the wrong things. So I gave you a a piece of paper. You have it? It says, I'm thankful. All right, so we will work on that right now. So I want you to take a moment and fill this out. Like right now. I would sing for you, but I don't want you to be unthankful. (laughs) So you can keep a gratitude journal. You can tell an employee or a friend something you appreciate about them. You can look at yourself in the mirror and think about something you like about yourself. If you don't have one, just stick your arm up. Okay? You can sit in a quiet place. And think about something when something went well. When something happened that was great, think about it. Let it just marinate. Because when something goes wrong, we can stay on that thing for weeks. But what about when something goes right? When something goes right, sit down and absorb that whole moment. Write somebody a thank you note. Write it down. Talk about it. Think about it. Relive the moment. How can you increase the serotonin and dopamine dopamine in your life? Be thankful. And then go exercise. I'm just saying it because, you know, I'm almost 90 days strong into this. Or maybe I'm at 90 days. I don't know. And I'm telling you, I am happier than the morning sun. My little moodiness has gone away almost. (laughs) It's close though. Because it's turning on hormones that were not turned on before. And it's saying to your brain, hey, you enjoy this. And my my flesh is going, no, I don't. But it's emotionally helping me. So I have to do it. Are you filling out your stuff? You have to thank, you know, what are you thankful to God for? I actually had done mine, but I left it at home. I'm going to give you one more minute. So I'm thankful for my God. What about God? For me, it's like his unconditional love. 
I'm thankful for myself. What about yourself are you thankful for? Find something. Anybody struggling to find something about themselves? I'm thankful for my family. What about your family? I'm thankful for my life. What in your life are you thankful for? And the other. That may be people that are not related to you. That may be um, circumstances that you had favor on. That may be an opportunity that just came up for you. What? What are you thankful for? How many of you got halfway through? Is it a little bit difficult to try and fill this out or no? Some, who says yes? Yeah, it's trying to find things. It's no problem. It's, there's no right or wrong answer in this. The reason I wanted you to sit and begin to think is because if I was to give you the opposite and say, man, what do you want God to do in your life? What do you not like? You'd be able to list those things out. But we need to retrain the brain because it impacts your heart. And a thankful heart, as we saw, Jesus sees it as great faith. You can be made whole, body, soul, and spirit, by being thankful. Some of the depression and anxiety, moodiness, rejection that you feel can begin to change when we begin to see what's great and what's wonderful and how good God is. So as we go into this week, I want us to make today the beginning of our thanks living. And not just have a thanksgiving season. But from today, live a life of thanks. Live a life of gratitude. I intentionally try to find every single day something to be thankful for and to tell somebody, thank you. Even the act of somebody opening the door for you, thank you. Somebody looking out for you, thank you. Somebody considering you, thank you. Don't ever just take it for granted. They have to do it. They have to do nothing for you. They couldn't let that door just slam in your face. They didn't have to consider you. Whether it's a bottle of water or it's a, you know, a house. It doesn't matter. The very smallest things. Our son Landon is the most thankful person in the family. No matter what you give him. You give him a blade of grass, he's going to say, Oh, you thought of me. Thank you so much. And you're like, oh, it was nothing. But to him, it was everything. And so you know what? Landon is the calmest person in our house. <laughs> He's a person that doesn't have moods. He's a happy-go-lucky person. He's a person you can't threaten with anything. Because in his mind, it's going to work out anyway. So I just want to encourage you today. Today is a day of thanksgiving. 
Did you all finish the rest of it? All right, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, we just thank you today. We thank you for who you are. And we just glorify you because we can find your goodness in our life. Amidst all of the things that are going on, we can always find you because you are strong. You're looking for someone to be strong to. And we say, thank you, Lord. Locate our thankfulness. So I don't know if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And today is a good day to say thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for sacrificing for me so I can live the best life. Maybe you need to recommit your life, your attitude and your mind to one of thanksgiving. To finding what's great. To putting down that.